Good morning and welcome to episode 70, everybody. Gosh, it's exciting to be here. Can you tell I'm excited? If you can't, I'm telling you anyways, I'm excited. This is episode 70 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here. My guest today is Todd Demling. He's the illustrator and design director at Ultra Creative. Todd is the guy behind Lucky Charms and Tricks the Rabbit, those cereal box illustrations, and has been for probably the last 20 plus years. He was a closet comic book lover in school, but is not afraid to say it now. He loves comic books, loves illustrations of characters like that. No one in his family had a creative bone in their body, he says, but he did, and he really flexed it and pursued that as a career path. Now, during this episode, Todd and I talk about some of the great work that he has put together while design director and illustrating these wonderful characters on these cereal boxes all these years. But we also talk about the project that he's the most proud of. And it was a fairly recent one, just a few years ago, where he was able to sort of do a play on the new Star Wars film release. It was a promotion for that and mix it with his regular cereal box characters that he works with. So think Trixess Leia, think Honey Nut Cheerio but the honeybee Darth Vader. Um, And he tells us about that. And so that was really cool. And you can really hear his enthusiasm and he loves what he does. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this one. My guest, Todd Demling. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hey, Todd, how's it going today? Good, how are you? Awesome, so glad you could be on the show. Glad to be here. Perfect. Let's not mess around. Get right to it. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, Todd Demling. I, uh, Minnesota born and bred. I uh, did a stint in uh, New York City with uh, where I went to college at the School of Visual Arts. You didn't stay. Oh, well, it's kind of an embarrassing story. I, uh, I had to come back with my uh, tail between my legs and couldn't find a job or, you know, I was struggling a little bit out there. And uh, so I came back and then I had to do a I did like a three-year stint of working in mattress factories and mm-hmm. waiting tables at Red Lobster and stuff like that before I finally got back into the uh, uh, creative industry again. Yeah, and that's so, how Todd got his groove back. That's how, that's how I got my groove back. That was it, yeah. <laughs> that's great. And uh, when were you in New York? What was what was the time frame on that? Uh, I was there from like 88 to 92. Okay, perfect. So a so, while ago. <laughs> just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so I want to go even further back to that, and I want to ask you about your childhood. And do you feel that you had a creative childhood, and what made it that way? Um, I think I was creative. Uh, my family had didn't have a creative bone in their body, so uh, <laughs> we moved around a lot when I was a kid. Uh, I went to third grade. I went to three different schools. Uh, I. And I think because I spent a lot of time by myself, I had to figure out something to do. So I picked up drawing and uh, I, I picked up, I remember picking up a comic book and falling in love with that. 
and just wanting to do that all the time. And my mom used to bring home boxes of, uh, of computer paper, like the green and white. I don't know if you remember this, the old computer paper, and there'd be stuff printed on one side, and I would draw on the other side. And I draw on paper bags. I would draw on anything I could get my hands on uh, when I was younger. And that's uh, kind of what got me into the creative field. Uh, my grand, what I, one of my earliest memories is my, of my grandmother, though, uh, uh, painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember that from like two, when I was two or three years old watching her paint. So I don't know if that had subliminally some kind of influence on me growing <laughs> up. But uh, yeah. So take me to the tr- take me through that transition of being a kid and loving drawing, drawing on everything to, you know, just a few short years later, a career in, you know, with design and with illustration. Um, well, my dream was to be, you know, drawing Spider Man and stuff like uh, Batman and comic books. Uh, yep. That did that didn't uh, really work out. And then coming back from uh, New York uh, to here, there isn't a big I had a degree in cartooning mm-hmm. from School of Visual Arts and didn't really apply anywhere there too much. <laughs> so I went back to school and uh, uh, learned uh, computer design and, and stuff like that. And then uh, uh, still took a, a long time to get into the field. I finally started as a uh, art director for Sesame Street Live. And I got in there. And, uh, and then three years after that, I got into here at Ultra Creative. And uh, the rest is history. So you're saying that one of your first gigs when you got back into the groove was Sesame Street Live? Yes. Yep. I was the art director on that. That's a decent first gig, if you you know you could say. Well, I had you know there were small jobs, freelance stuff that I did here and there in between, but yeah, that was my first uh, real job. So as art so. director for Sesame Street Live, because that's the live show, right? Um, yeah. What was involved with that? That was. Um, it sounds a lot more exciting than it actually was. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was doing newspaper ads, billboards. Um, the the one time of year that I had a good uh, that was really fun was designing the program for the show. Yep, I got to do that every every year. But one of the frustrating things for me as as an illustrator was I wasn't able to draw any of the characters. It was mm-hmm. all just basically pick up from uh, uh, from the artists at and in, in New York, and they were great. I I don't even know if I would have done a better job, but. I wanted to do the illustrations. That was part of, you know, what one of the more disappointing aspects of the job. But uh, uh, it was fun. It, it, you know, I learned a lot. Just uh, you know, how to be a professional in that job and to, to meet deadlines and and uh, sort of learn like a lot. the business end of things. Right. Yeah. Got it. So back when you were watching your grandma paint and when you were drawing and all over everything. Was there a, sort of a, a, a point where you started noticing more design out in the world or illustration out in the world? And what did you first start seeing? Um, it, the comic books were my biggest, the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, re, I followed religiously some, uh, some of those artists. I'd buy everything that they put out, like the George Perez's and the John Burns and stuff like that. Um, that was my that that's that was probably the, my main focal point uh, uh, growing up. Uh, so, would you say then that the comic books um, and getting into that and seeing being in that world were the comics book the comic books themselves were the most influential in your career oh, early days oh, of your by, career? Oh, by far. Yeah, I mean that was 
that was my biggest influence. That's that's all I lived and breathed comic books when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I didn't I didn't share that with anybody. You know, I, I you know, all my friends, you know, were you know back in the day, uh, you couldn't be a comic book nerd, you know, without ending up in a locker or something. So <laughs> it was. Uh, I hid that from my my friends and stuff. It was kind of funny because nobody uh, nobody knew that I was a comic book nerd. Uh, uh, a uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a closet comic book nerd is basically exactly <laughs> closet what comic book level yeah. there. But did yeah. you would you show them your drawings and things that you did? Well, what I did was I had uh, I had uh, art classes. Uh, I would take art classes uh, at school, and that was my uh, all the people in the art class knew I could draw and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but nobody else did. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kept it within the classroom. I did. I, I did. No. Got it. So I want to hear from you. Who is a designer or brand that you look up to or closely follow, and what is it about them that you like? Um, you know, I don't follow any uh, uh, designers per se. I'll, I'll look like at design sites uh, to see stuff that I like, but there isn't anybody that uh, I necessarily follow religiously. Mm-hmm. But what I do like is I like uh, when when design um, uh, comes into play in different mediums. Uh, like uh, there's a, there's an illustrator Tom Wayland uh, who is uh, he designs movie posters and and stuff that are very graphic and cartoony, but are designed like just great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cre- Creature Box are are, are character designers for an, or animation studios, but they have a design quality to their uh, illustration styles that I really like. And then what, when I saw Into the Spider Verse, you know, I mean, you just look at the, you can look at every still on that on that uh, movie and you just this is just designed well you know i'm still trying to incorporate zip and tone and cross hatching into some of my designs you know? <laughs> crazy so, yeah yeah so the, still to this day the comic book world is just a massive inspiration and um sort of a driver of creativity in your world right now it is it's yeah for sure not as much as it used to be but you know uh it is for sure. That's a very good, talented place to be. Yeah. Um, I want to hear a little bit about your process and what might make your process unique. Can you tell me about that? Uh, to in, in design, just like we're coming up yep, with ideas. Design, or? illustration, whatever. When someone, when you're just getting something going, what is what is your process in in digesting that information and starting to put things together? Um. Uh, the the ideas just come. You know, the problem with me is that uh, the ideas start coming in all over the place. Mm-hmm. So when when they're in the middle of describing what needs to be done, I'm already sketching uh, ideas out as they're talking to the point where sometimes I have a tendency to miss a couple things. <laughs> that I go back to them, you know, and say, okay, what was this again? Do I need this or that? Mm-hmm. But then I I, I uh, uh, usually what happens is uh, I'll get an idea down. Uh, pencil on paper, uh, uh, really loose, really small thumbnails. Uh, and then I'll go look for, uh, styles that, uh, might influence me and I'll go on Pinterest or, mm-hmm. uh, uh, online somewhere and try to get ideas and incorporate them into what I'm trying to do compositionally and, uh, just kind of go from there. And then, uh, I usually almost, I really, I do pretty tight pencils and then I, bring them into the computer and, and uh, go from there. And start manipulating digitally then. Right. Yep. So if you used um, 
an Apple, like the iPad or the iPad Pro, an Apple Pencil at all? I, I do, and I, I love it. But what I have here is I have a Cintiq. Okay. And uh, I use that all the time. So mm. used it today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So do you still, you still start by sketching on paper, though? I do a lot of sketching on paper, yeah. Okay, and then you bring it into the digital realm and go from there. Yeah. I, I, I feel that uh, composition, it just – it. You lose your compositions become stiffer and stiffer the more digital they get. Yeah, you know. So it seems like if if you're starting your layouts uh, on a computer, you've missed you know an entire uh, uh, organic life that that you start with with a pencil on paper, and so you start stiff as opposed to starting loose. Well yeah. said. That sort of organic yeah. life of pencil yeah. on paper. Right. So. I'm, int- I'm getting into sort of the story portion here of, of the show where I've got a few questions first that take you down a path of maybe some mistakes that you made and the lessons that you learned from that. And I want to bring those stories out and share those. Um, so for a guy who has illustrated Lucky Charms and Tricks the Rabbit, and I'm sure you can add some more to that list, Um what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Uh, the most, uh, well, the most challenging time in my design career was the gap between graduating college and my first job at uh, Sesame Street Live. Mm-hmm. I just, it was, I self-doubt crept in and was like that I, you know, I went to this elite school out in New York City and I'm working in a mattress factory. So it was, it, it was, it was, you know, I, I self doubt crept in and I just, I, I had to, these student loans hanging over my head and it was just, it was, it was just, uh, it was a tough time. I, I did, I was, I didn't think I was going to do it, you mm-hmm. know, but you know, it shows that if you kind of keep working at it and you keep going, you can actually achieve your goal. And that was the lesson in that then is that you kept your head down. Did you do some, you'd had some side gigs going on while you were working at the mattress factory? I did, yeah. Here and there, I, I I got some stuff, and I built up a portfolio, and finally was able to uh, uh, get out and get a real job, as it were. Yeah. What kind of work yeah. were you doing on the side while at the mattress factory? I was doing, uh, you know, I, I I did some stuff for Best Buy, just uh, some signage. I did uh, I did some things for like Catholic Digest, and uh, I even designed uh, some takeout menus at Red Lobster. So I was really working there. diverse. Um, yeah, you know, diverse projects for sure, where you're just right. kind of pulling in design work wherever and building something. Wherever I could get it, I was I would do it. If I even did free stuff just to kind of build my book up. Yep. You know, get your so. name out there and do that. I got it. Um, right. So yep. take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like, and how did that feel? Was there a boardroom presentation moment that went sideways or what was it well um for a year i I do a lot of stuff with licensed characters too like uh, star wars and disney and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. um i've been trying for years to to get the sign off on a uh uh, being able to use a star field for the back of a cereal box or uh on gogurt uh and uh 
finally they agreed to to let me do this you know mm-hmm. even though they, they had said they you know black doesn't work on shelf it just uh, you know it just doesn't pop off a shelf and i was like it's gonna work it's gonna do this it's gonna be great well when i brought it you know uh, when we did it and we and we put it in, on the on the uh, in the store shelf on the in the freezer aisle it just disappeared it just totally gone uh, just couldn't ripped even off see, the shelves couldn't even see the product no no just the opposite. It oh, disappeared in the in the freezer. Invisible. You couldn't even see it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, no. So it was it, it was one of those things where you know uh, sometimes you know you know you listen to the client. <laughs> the client <laughs> the client knows what it's ta- what they're talking about. So I what I learned from that is I'm not always right. I don't know everything about design. Listen to other people and take in their points of view. Uh, don't be so quick to think that. Mm-hmm. You're the smartest guy in the room. So uh, you, that was that was my lesson in that one. Can you dive a little deeper into that and tell me a bit more about that project and what the product was? And and are you able to get into those kind of details? I don't know if I should or not, but uh, it, it was Gogurt, uh, Star Wars promotion that we did for Gogurt mm-hmm. uh, when Episode 7 came out. Okay. And uh, um, yeah, it just you know it was basically a Gogurt logo on a black box with the character on it, and when you when you put them in those freezer cases, mm-hmm. they they literally just disappeared. You couldn't even see them in there. So oh, it was man. so when something it was horrible when something like that happens with a product that's already out in market. What are the next steps? Like how does it? How do you go back from that? Well, the nice thing was it was only it was only on shelf for uh, a few weeks because it was just a Star Wars promotion, mm-hmm. so it, it didn't do too much damage. But uh, uh, it was uh, I, I learned from that. I learned a lot from that. So <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah. So how many years? How many years ago was that then? God, when was that? Well, when it's when did the Star Wars the new round of Star Wars come out? That was mm-hmm. Episode Seven. Was mm-hmm. six years ago. Seven about, years ago? About that. Something I think like that. that sounds about yeah. right. Yeesh, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. What uh, What is something you're struggling with in your design career right now? Uh, I, there's not much to struggle about. It's, it's you know, I've been doing the same thing now for 20 years. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that, you know, it, it gets a little monotonous at times. Uh, but... Uh, I don't have time to think about the monotony too much because the deadlines are so hardcore. So yeah, the deadlines are there and they're, yeah. they're a real thing. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not anything that I'm losing sleep over or anything. It's mm-hmm. just that, uh, you know, some, some days you want to some, do something a little different, but I think about it in the back of your mind a little bit. Yeah. Yep. So when you're producing, um, you know, cereal box packaging, for example, are you often as the designer attending press checks and, and doing things like that? No, I'm, I'm kind of lucky here at Ultra. We got a great production staff that basically they, they take all the mistakes and, the, and uh, uh, they make everything ready for press. And uh, I just kind of look at the final uh, um, uh, layout and make sure the colors are right and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I, I don't do press checks, no. Got it. So you skip over that. Yeah. And the production team looks after that, takes the lumps on yeah, the chin at press. They, yeah, they take uh, they take care of me. They're <laughs> they're my awesome. they're my backstop. So yeah, perfect. So I want to switch gears here and talk about um, a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of and the one that makes your heart sing. And don't skip on any details. Well, um, the the coolest project that we ever worked on was um, 
uh, a tie-in between General Mills and Star Wars Episode One with the General okay. Mills serial, and I was able to do a, a, a crossover of uh, General Mills characters and Star Wars characters. So I was able, you know, we were able to create uh, characters like uh, Trixess Leia or, uh, <laughs> uh, um, gosh, no, I'm blanking on it. You know, we did like uh, for Cinnamon Toast Crunch. We did, I did a Honey Nut Bee uh, Darth Vader where he's got a uh, glowing lightsaber or his Honey Dipper is like a glowing lightsaber. And he's wearing the Darth Vader helmet and, and uh, it, it turned out pretty cool. And then uh, uh, we did Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, tie, we did TIE Fighters with Cinnamon Toast Crunch pieces as the, as the wings of the TIE Fighters. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it got a little – we had to get a little creative on some of these because there's no characters. Like on Reese's Puffs, we had to do uh, – I created a uh, – I made a – Death Star out of a serial piece and then had like meteor, uh, meteorite or asteroid belt uh, <laughs> uh, around it and Millennium Falcon kind of doing a lap around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the coolest part about that project is we got to fly out to uh, uh, to Lucasfilm and we got to tour the place and uh, got to tour Industrial Lights and Magic. And, uh, you know, you got to see like E.T.'s bike in the hallway and stuff. I had all this, the cool stuff that they had worked on and we got to sit down and they, you know, one of the, one of the um, things that's tough with what we do here is we got to come out with uh, uh, designs for these licensed packaging um, six months before the movie comes out. So there's a lot of times there's no assets available because they're in the middle of making the movie. So Mm -hmm. they don't really have a lot of stuff for you. So you got to get kind of creative in what you do uh, with that stuff. So that's kind of, you know, we, one of the nice things about it is you have you have two entities with General Mills and uh, Disney and Lucas that are very protective about of their uh, uh, their license mm-hmm. characters, and rightfully so. But they let us they gave us the creative freedom to kind of merge those two worlds together and uh, create something I thought turned out that I was really quite proud of. Uh, That's so cool. It was yeah, such a cool one. You know, I'm trying like trying to picture. Trixess Leia and you know Honey yeah. Bee Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did like the, uh, the Trixess Leia. We had uh, the rabbit's ears kind of curled up in the buns. Yeah, on the side of her head, and all white dress. You know, it was yeah, it was fun. It was a fun project to work on. It was really fun. Yeah. That is fun where you get to really yeah. flex the creativity. Yeah. Yep. Man, that's a great one. Great one. Um, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? Um, probably the Adobe creative suite mm-hmm. is probably the one thing, um, I would say pencil and paper because that's where it all starts. But if I had to, if I stuck in a desert Island, I had to design something, I could probably do it in an illustrator if I had to, so, mm-hmm. or Photoshop or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. All that ties into yeah. a really good lightning round question. If we get to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Todd, now it's time for the ask it forward question. I have a question from my previous guest that I'm going to ask you. And okay. after that, you have an opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them. The only hint I'll give you is that there's two of them. Oh, okay. So the question I have uh, for you is from Lauren Griffin. She's a illustrator and lover of type and designer in L.A., And um, she wanted to ask what your five favorite fonts are. Oh, 
Wow. Um, we have so many of them that we use. I, let's see. Mine are a more cartoony kind of uh, fonts uh, with what I work on. So probably, um, boy, this is a tough one, right? Uh, Kentucky Fried. <laughs> awesome. Would be one. Um, oh, boy, five. I won't hold it to five, but throw down a few. Um, I don't use it that much anymore, but Coop. Uh, is probably one. Uh, you could probably put com- Comic Sans in there just for fun. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't like Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't use it. Uh, I've used it like maybe once in my entire career. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on that one. I can't think of uh Nope, that's more. right. You threw down two awesome ones, so that was great. Okay. Um, Todd, you now have an opportunity to ask a question of my next guest or guests, I should say. Um, What would you like to ask them? Have they ever had a, uh, what was their biggest fight over uh, creative or creative process? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) A good one for the duo interview. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Man, that's awesome, Todd. I'm at the lightning round portion of the show here now. So I've got 10 questions some of them design related most of them not that um i'm going to throw your way and it's kind of a one or two word answers one of them is a bit longer but just short answers that'll fit okay um you ready for that yep perfect question one pancakes or waffles pancakes bicycle or scooter bicycle yeah i saw you as a bicycle guy i'm an old school guy (laughs) (laughs) tea or coffee well, I don't drink anything from a leaf or a bean, so I'd go neither. Neither. Classic <laughs> H2O then. Right. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at bowling? Uh, five. All right. Decent. Uh, what's your favorite Disney character, Todd? Does that include Marvel movies? Absolutely. Uh, well, my favorite... I'd say The Incredibles. How about that? Perfect. Yeah. Okay, now narrow it down. Favorite Incredibles character. Oh, I got to narrow character. it down? Okay. Mr. Incredible. Yeah, he's a classic. Big dude. Yeah. You can only choose one Adobe Suite product to use for the rest of your career. What is it? Photoshop. If you were on Fear Factor, would you choose to be covered in spiders or eat live bugs? Um, that's a tough one. I eat live bugs. Risky. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what is the last song that you listened to Todd? I, uh, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I know it was Miley crew. I I introduced my 15 year old to Miley crew. Nice. <laughs> did it go over well or did he go, oh, dad, turn Oh, yeah, off. he was headbanging in the seat next to me. So, oh, right yeah. on. Um, you have to start over in your design career. Everything you have ever done has been erased from history except for one project. What is it and why? Uh, probably that uh, Star Wars uh, General Mills crossover. Dude, that's a good one. That would land you any yeah. job. Yeah, that was fun. That's great. Todd, you've made it to the end of the interview. I thank you so much for your time and being on the show today. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Todd. I really appreciate your time and you listening to this. Now, the next couple episodes are a little bit 
different. I interviewed a duo, two people doing amazing work, and they wanted to be interviewed at the same time, which I was game for. But because we had so much that we talked about, so many stories, so many things we covered, I actually split it up into part one and part two. So tomorrow, part one comes out. I'm not going to tell you now who I interviewed. You'll find out tomorrow. See you then.